Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from our Pensacola studio, and uh, I'm joined um, over the computer waves, I guess is how we can call it here, uh, by a uh, gentleman who found, I think, through LinkedIn or uh, probably through Bod Podcast, I believe, but uh, Kirk Chisholm is with uh, Innovative Advisory Group, and uh, he's here to join us this morning to kind of enlighten us on what he does. So good morning, Kirk. How are you? Uh, you know, uh, I have sun here, so probably better than uh, your wintry Boston area, as we were talking earlier. Yeah, it's a little chilly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those that don't know who you are, what you do, kind of give us the uh, the rundown here. Sure. Yeah, so I'm a uh, wealth manager for the school and community advisory firm. Uh, we're the only investment advisory firm that's located in the Boston area. And um, really, my background. Um, Started this industry in December of '99, so you can imagine what time. I don't want to know, but it's not really not the best time. It's all the '90s, the bull market in the '90s, but um, it's pretty much started the market went down for three years. Now, while that certainly at the time was challenging, uh, what it did teach me was the value of management, which is a very important part of what we do. Um, so, as a firm. We provide wealth management services. Um, our specialty uh, is uh, alternative assets health So, well, you know, we certainly do traditional investments. Um, the alternative space is really what we what we're known for. Mm-hmm. Our, our niche that we uh, that we do, um, partially because our industry is focused on traditional investments and it's such a small sliver of what you can do that we felt that we want to be able to you know, work with clients in all aspects of investing, not just security. You need to understand where the risks are in the in the investment. So, for an example, if you invest in real estate, you need to understand that the house can burn down. Well, you can do risk management with that by buying fire insurance. You need to understand that you can have bad renters and they could sue you. Well, you can, you know, buy insurance for that. I mean, there's there's different things that you can do, and I hate to keep harping on insurance because I think it's a, not the message I'm trying to trying to um, uh, tell here. But you know, other things too. You know, how can you manage risk with your property? Well, if you leverage it up and you get a ninety ten mortgage, that's highly leveraged, and there's a lot more risk. If you don't have a mortgage, there's very little risk of, well, there's no risk of defaulting on a mortgage if you don't have one. But, you know, there's, you need to look at all these different pieces of the puzzle to understand where your risks are of something going horribly wrong. Because if you do that, the upside generally takes care of itself. That The upside is the easy part. It's the, it's the risk management that's the hard part. And I think that's the part that most people don't understand and don't spend time with. Right. So, okay. So first time new investor, I don't have $5,000. Does that mean I can't invest? And then if I am going to invest, like what are some, some, just give me like the first five things that I need to do, you know, as a, as a rookie here. So if you have $5,000, you're going to be limiting yourself and what you can invest in. I mean, just naturally. So, um, if you're investing outside the market, then you need to find something that is, within the 
you know, scope of your investments. So investing in a piece of real estate is probably not going to fit very well. Um, not for five grand. So investing in <laughs> for what? That's not for five grand. <laughs> not 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 where I live. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe in other parts of the country, but not where I live. It's nice waterfront property, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Waterfront meaning a swamp, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> around here even then that's probably well well uh, well above that right um but so i think you know if you're talking about a a, a beginning investor and you're just looking to put in five thousand dollars into something you're probably better off looking at traditional investments um you know maybe an index fund which is diversified between multiple different investments it, it operates similar to the market that's probably a better place for it. It's more cost effective. Um, you know, you're going to get, um, you're going to be able to, to invest over time and, you know, dollar cost average yourself. So all of that, all of the principles that a lot of people talk about, um, with traditional investing, you know, would be reasonable with a smaller amount of your initial investment. As you increase your uh, investment capabilities and size, there are more investments available to you. Um, so, you know, cause really the biggest, uh, issue with the smaller amounts, say like 5,000 is, is cost, um, you know, cost for trade, cost for transactions, all of that's going to eat into your investment a lot more than if you had, let's say half a million dollars. Okay. Um, cause percentage wise, it's going to be inconsequential. Uh, for half a million dollars versus, you know, 5,000, even if you're, you, let's say you're paying $5 a trade, right? I mean, right. that's, you know, 0.1% for 5,000 and for 500,000, it's, it's almost, you know, inconsequential. Right. So, so, so what's one the, of the important pieces when you're talking about smaller amounts. What's, well, what's the average, you know, amount that people are, or is there even one that, you know, people come to, to invest? I mean, I don't know too many people with half a million dollars sitting around that they can just, you know, put into the long game or the short game for that matter. Well, I think, um, we don't, I know our industry likes to talk about minimums and they have minimums. I don't believe in that. I think that's kind of a, um, a shallow way to look at things. Mm -hmm. And I know it's industry standard, but I just, we don't look at it that way. I look at it as who can I help? Um, you know, how can I help this person? Because I don't look at people as a bag of money. I look at them as people, you know, people have issues, people have challenges that they're dealing with, you know, investments are one of those challenges, but other challenges are retirement, right? I mean, like, for instance, in retirement, like how many times have you retired before? Well, probably never. So how do you know what to do? So, you know, we work with retirees or people approaching retirement because there's a lot of things that they're not familiar with because they haven't done it before. Um, you know, work with people who are selling their business or maybe considering selling their business. I mean, that's also a big issue. It's, it's not, the numbers part's easy when you're getting into the, um, I call it the emotional side of money, you know, what are the repercussions? So you sell your business, you're going to retire. You know, if you're 45 years old, probably not. I mean, you've got half, you know, you got half your life ahead of you. So what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, what's your purpose going to be? So there's a lot of aspects to what we do. It's beyond the, beyond this, just the numbers. Um, so that's why we don't really look at, 
the numbers necessarily as an indicator of, of what makes sense for us. Okay. So basically what I'm hearing is find somebody who knows what they're doing. Cause I'm not that person. Right. So I would think that uh, that's probably in the top five things to do is, is definitely find somebody who is uh, versed in this, in this world. And, and then obviously it needs to be somebody you trust, but what do you suggest you look for uh, in trying to find somebody to help you with your, your financial well-being and in, in your investing? Yeah. And that's actually a great question because um, I, I think one of the challenges there are, I think 300,000 financial advisors out there in the U S and I'd say most of them don't really know what they're doing. Um, they're good at sales, but they're not good at investing or they're not good at planning. Uh, they're just good at selling. Um, you know, which every industry has this, but I, I think what, what's important to look at is, is somebody who has experience through multiple market cycles. So if you just, if you're talking with somebody who just started in the last 10 years, move on. Not because they're not smart, not because they don't know what they're doing, but because they've never experienced a recession. And what I learned in starting in December of 99 was pretty much a recession off the bat. So I understand how things work in bad markets and I understand what you need to do to preserve your wealth. Because the reality is you could take all the risks you want and just try to get the best returns you want, but at the end of the day, you lose half your money because the market crashes what good is all that risk going to do for you? You know, especially if you're closer to retirement, you can't afford to take those risks. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's important that people understand that, that aspect. Um, but you know, as, as, um, you know, as, as people kind of, um, go through different life cycles, they just, um, I think what's, well, let me just lost my train of thought here. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it happens. Where the, where the question was started. <laughs> well, yeah. just with, with like, you know, what, what is it that I need to look for when I'm trying to find a financial advisor or somebody to deal with my wealth? Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other, the other things you need to look for in a financial advisor beyond experience and going through a full market cycle is, um, you know, they need to look for somebody who is, who understands investing, um, not just for a full market cycle, but most people just allocate assets. They just, you know, say, Hey, buy a bunch of mutual funds that worked 20 years ago, but that doesn't work in the same way that it used to work because the markets have changed. So you need to find somebody who understands how to react to the markets and not just buy and hold because buy and hold doesn't work anymore. It, it hasn't, it hasn't worked in a while, but people are still using that because it worked, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So they're right. still using it and people have not updated their, their understanding of the markets. So you need somebody who has an understanding of the markets and investing. Um, another piece, which also is, um, some advisors have and some don't is uh, an understanding of, of people because, you know, we're working with people. We're not working with just numbers and people have challenges and they go through life stages and they go through, you know, different parts of their life where they need help beyond just investing. And a lot of what I do is really focused on, as I mentioned, the emotional side of money where it's, 
you know, it's, it's primarily focused on how can we, how can we help this person and money doesn't solve all the problems, right? People get married, they get divorced, they have kids, Mm -hmm. um, all that sort of thing that that's all important parts of your life that aren't really numbers related. Um, so they need to really have empathy, uh, for people and things that they're going through. So that's, that's also a lot of what we do, but that's, that's another important aspect of, of, of people when they're, they're trying to find a, an advisor is, is working with somebody who, who understands how to work with people. Right. Very cool. So, uh, okay. So, so then tell, you know, for those that don't know, you, you've got a great, um, a, a press kit. So usually a couple of things happen in my head when somebody sends me a press kit is one, they've been down this block before, uh, two, they've got enough to actually make a press kit with and three, so they're probably leveraged as the expert in, in what they're doing. Right. Cause most people don't just walk around with a press kit. So, um, for those that, you know, don't know really some of the, the background that you have, let's tell them, but then also I want to know what makes innovative advisory group, uh, different than, than the others. Yeah. So we're, we're a very different firm from, from others. So I'll start by kind of pointing out some of the differences. So we're, uh, um, we're an independent RAA. So we're not affiliated with any broker dealer or insurance company. So we don't provide insurance. We don't sell insurance. Uh, we're not a broker. We don't sell product. So everything we do is completely transparent. And for us, transparency is very important. Um, because the way we look at it is I've been in this industry a long time and I've seen a lot of pretty, you know, bad stuff or let's say unethical stuff that's happened in the industry. Um, and I just, it's sad because most clients don't know, like they don't understand how the industry works. They don't understand how they're being taken advantage of. And so we wanted as transparent of a business model as we could. So people understood what they're getting rather than some of these other models that are, let's say more convoluted and not at all transparent. Um, so that for us is, is very important. Um, another part is the fact that, you know, we do invest outside of the market. We take an unbiased agnostic approach to investing. So I don't care if you're investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds or a horse, a house or gold. I don't care what it is, as long as it's a good investment. And that's how we analyze investing. And I think it's um, something that really separates us from everyone else. It's just we don't have an opinion that stocks, bonds, and mutual funds are better or worse than real estate or private company stock or what have you. Um, And I think that's important because there are times where traditional markets are better and there are times where they're not better. Um, and I think being able to identify those periods is, is really important so that, um, you know, investors are, are getting their, uh, let's say the most reasonable return for the risk that they're taking. Um, and you know, another part is that we're very much, uh, you know, as the company's name innovative, you know, we, we, we're outside the box thinkers. So, you know, for us, we're just looking at it as what's the problem and how can we solve it? We don't come to the conversation with a, you know, a pre-diagnosed, uh, or, or, you know, a diagnosis, um, you know, with, with a solution available and we try to fit it into a box. 
which I think most people in our industry, they come with a solution and they think, oh, let's go find a problem that the solution fixes. But we don't look at it that way. We look at it as, you know, what's your actual problem and how can we solve it? Um, so we take a very different approach to um, wealth management advice than, than most other advisors. So I think that's, that's an important aspect that, that does separate us. Very neat. Very neat. So, you know, when you guys do not, it doesn't seem that you take the traditional approach to uh, a lot of things going on, but what are some of the, uh, I guess, what are, what are some of the, the questions that you guys ask, um, you know, investors as you, as you're getting started or getting to know them? Um, well, that's a hard one. I, I <laughs> we don't have, um, there's not I a standard list. Go in and they say, yeah, I'm sorry. I said there's not a standard list. <laughs> no, we don't go into a meeting with, with a list of questions. I mean, we go into a meeting with, uh, I call it active listening. So I go in and I just listen to what the person wants to talk about. Um, I know it's weird, but we're just, we're more mindful in these meetings. We're, we're very empathetic with our clients. Like we, we listen to what they're actually saying, not what we want them to say. Or, you know, I, I know that most people in our industry are salespeople. So they're looking for, you know, buying signals and they're looking for, you know, ways that they can make money off the client. We don't do that. We look at it as, you know, what's the problem we're trying to solve. And we can't do that unless we're actively listening to them. So we go in with a blank sheet of paper and just start talking about, you know, what's going on with them and how we can, how we can solve their, their challenges. So that's really how we kind of have conversations with clients. Um, because otherwise, you, you know, if you're not listening, you don't really know what's going on. Very true. What do you think, uh, what do you think has been the most, um, oh, I don't know, incredible or, or outlandish or, or craziest investment conversation you've had? Um, Day is a new day. <laughs> this could be uh, one of them, right? A lot of those. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of those. Um, so I, I can name a few. So there's um, certainly recently cryptocurrency has been big. Yeah. And a lot of people are looking to invest in crypto with their retirement account. Um, we've had people who are looking to buy um, anything from like a minor league basketball team to physical gold private company stock, tax liens, uh, airspace rights, uh, you know, livestock. Um, one, one person wanted to invest in uh, payday and title loans, which I don't know if you're familiar with those, but um, you're, they're a little risky. Aren't they? are, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say they're risky. They're risky maybe to take out a title loan, maybe not to provide it. It's, it's, it's kind of one of these, you're, you're serving the, segment of society that, um, let's just say the yields you're making, you're not, you know, you're going to need to do a lot of, uh, um, uh, repo. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say that that, that kind of investing is doing God's work, but it's, uh, it's highly lucrative. And we've had some people who've done that. Um, you know, there's one, we know an individual is doing horses, um, you know, leasing aircrafts. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of things out there. It's really, this is what makes it fun for us is it's really only limited by your creativity. So 
you know, we've, we've had people do domain names. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's so many different investments that we've done over the years that, uh, it's really quite fascinating. And one of the best parts is it gives us great ideas, um, that we can consider for other investors. So, you know, if somebody's doing, uh, like, uh, mobile home or trailer parks, which historically yield high yields, um, you know, or private mortgages or hard money, um, you know, it just gives us different ideas of, all right, what, what are some assets we can consider for, for certain clients, uh, that are looking for that, that kind of segment. So it's, those are some of the more interesting ones, but I mean, I could probably go on for an hour for all the interesting investments. (laughs) Very cool. So, okay. So then I got to ask you like, like, how do you find these clients? Like, like what are your marketing efforts here? Are you just reaching into like the, the deep hole space and hoping something comes up or do you guys have strategy? Uh, for finding new clients? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work on our website, um, and we do a lot of online marketing. I think that, you know, what's in, what's fascinating is um, the traditional investing space is huge. There's tons of institutional money going in there. But the outside traditional space, uh, there's it's it's also just as large. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. And, you know, for kind of for what we've seen in that space, um, it's, there's just a lot of opportunity for people to, um, to really kind of take advantage of that, of that space. And once again, I've kind of lost the question. Kind of uh, just what, you know, how are you guys, your marketing efforts and, and strategy and, and marketing just, efforts. Yeah. Got it. Um, so when we're looking at marketing, we're looking at our audience of where they are and they're everywhere. So if you look at all these different opportunities of alternatives, real estate, horses, um, we've become the go-to person in this space. And we've done a lot to do that. So it'd be hard to kind of lay out exactly what we've done, but we just become a thought leader in our space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like there are 300,000 other people competing for what we do. You know, we're one of the only ones that do this. And the reason that is because it's not as scalable as buying mutual funds or right. stocks or what have you. So it's, it's not a scalable business model, but we are, you know, the most foremost experts in the space. And so when it comes to marketing, we really just kind of put ourselves out there and people over time see that we've, you know, we've done well. And, um, you know, because of that, we've become influential in you know, online marketing, social media. And, um, and that's, that's really kind of snowballed us, uh, our marketing efforts into bigger and bigger things. Yeah. So, so you guys do a lot of content marketing then? I mean, I can see obviously from the, the press kit that you're out there in front of people enough and, and obviously answering the questions that can leverage you guys as the experts. So I'm assuming the majority of the content that you guys do, you, you produce is, is out there for people to see. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of content marketing, um, but we have a variety of different approaches. So it's really, it's, it's more than just that. But um, I think for us, it's just, it's just getting out there in front of people and just writing writing things that people want to read um and we've got we've gotten a lot of compliments on on the stuff that we've written just because it's so different mm-hmm. you know i think if you look at a lot of content 
you look at major media publications, it's just, you know, a lot of it's clickbait. A lot of it's just trying to, trying to fire people up and it's not really good quality content. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really just kind of quick stuff that's going to get your, uh, your email address flowing and get (laughs) mad or, or whatever. And I just think it's shallow. It's not the old reporting that used to be there. So, you know, when I write stuff, it's pretty thorough, it's pretty detailed, and it's very thoughtful. Because um, I don't want to write something that is just regurgitating what other people have already said. Right. I want to write something insightful or different, or I don't want to write anything. I just think, like, what am I going to bring to the table that someone else hasn't already done? So that's kind of how I look at it, of, of how am I going to um, be different? How am I going to be uh, innovative in, in the thought process? So, you know, I'll give you an example. We wrote a piece on, on um, real estate, renting versus buying. And if you look back and historically, um, people have this thought process, oh, you need to own. It's the American way. You need to own a home. Well, that was actually a marketing campaign done by, I think it was um, Fannie Mae, I believe. I have to go back and look at my notes. But, you know, it was a basically a marketing campaign. Hey, you should own a home. And, of course, the politicians take that up. Yeah, you should own. Well, maybe not everybody should own a home. I mean, some people need to rent and depending on the numbers, maybe the numbers don't make sense to buy. Maybe it makes sense to rent. And, and I, I think the, the thought process that people have, they haven't fully thought it through. They've just kind of taken what people have told them and said, Oh, you need to own a home to be successful or to be perceived as being successful. And so they go out and they buy a home and they don't even think through the fact that, well, actually it'd be, um, for an example, I was analyzing this for a client. They were looking to buy a house and the house is on the market for sale and for rent. It would have cost uh, 30% of the cost of buying a home to rent it. So, you know, if it was 100 and just for sake of argument, it's 120,000 a year in cost to own it, it would cost. 40,000 a year to rent it, mm-hmm. which is crazy when you think about it. Right. But why would you ever own that home? I would rent it for the next 30 years. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just, um, you know, maybe not practically that wouldn't happen, but, but the reality is if you don't look at this, at the equation that way, then you're kind of missing out on, on the bigger picture. So we wrote about that concept and it got a lot of interest because no one is, no one is, what I call thinking. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. People are just people aren't thinking anymore. They're just reacting uh, to to stimuli out there, and I think that's not what we're trying to create. We're trying to create more thoughtful content. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're teaching that kind of math in Common Core. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just curious. <laughs> um, but you're right. You know, it's, it's a different way of looking, like you said, at the equation. It's, a, it's, uh, what I like to call fuzzy math. And that's because sometimes I just don't understand it. But when you see it and, and it, it's there, it's sort of like a, a dull moment kind of thing. So, um, I'll tell you what, we're getting to the, uh, to the end of our time here, but I know you, you sent me a whole bunch of links and stuff because you guys have written a lot of stuff and you have a lot of things and resources out there for people. Um, I know there's, you guys have online courses, you have some eBooks and stuff, but, uh, you said that you were going to have a, a link for those that would be listening, that they've got some, uh, things that they could go check out. Is that correct? Yeah. So if, if, uh, we put together a free report for the listeners, um, and it's the top 75 alternative investments to, to consider. So it's really just kind of a, a thoughtful process that people can go through and they can look at, 
uh, all these different alternatives outside of the market and things that they may not have known about before and, you know, may want to consider. Um, so, yeah, the, the URL is just uh, www.innovativewealth.com um, forward slash business X. Okay. And we'll, we will uh, uh, include that on our um, repost when we put this on our website as well. So uh, for those that uh, didn't get to write it down because you're driving, um, you'll find it there at our website. So, uh, Kirk, for anybody that's interested in any more information or getting in touch with you guys, where can we send them to? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on all the social media channels. Um, you know, if you just go to um, just innovativewealth.com, um, we have a lot of content there that you can find. That's probably the easiest way to find us. Um, there's contact information there. Um, other social media channels, like I said, just, uh, just Kirk Chisholm, uh, just Google search me. You'll find me pretty easily. Awesome. Okay. Well, I want to thank you uh, again for joining us this morning and uh, giving us some of your time today. Great. Well, thanks for having me on, Keith. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So stick around. Let me get us out of here, and then we'll, I'll give you some uh, instructions when we get done. So, uh, guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook. Or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com. Or you can find us at our live broadcast at businessradiox.live. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.